Welcome to When the Slipper Fits podcast. My name is Caitlin. And I'm Felicity. And we are your hosts. In this podcast, you will find everything from Jesus, kingdom marriage, and a real live fairy tale all in one. Come along on this journey as we grow in Christ and prepare for our kingdom marriages. Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of When the Slipper Fits. Did you miss us? Because we missed you. Of course they missed us. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I'm trying to stay humble. Okay, so... (laughs) But anyway, so today, you guys, is the second episode in our Proverbs 31 mini-series. I'm pumped. I hope you're pumped. I know we're pumped. (laughs) I'm, like, ready. Like, the first episode, thank you guys who gave us a shout-out and gave us some comments that I really really meant so much to us because we want feedback. So we love the feedback. We love the support. We love you all. And I know a lot of you have been also getting um, concerned about why I'm not on TikTok. So just just basking in the moments of 2022. Pretty much that's that's it. You know, I'm basking in the moments of 2022. I'm enjoying my life and detoxing from media pretty much because Mm -hmm. I want to get rid of media and social stuff and just enjoy myself, you know, enjoy life to the fullest that God intended us to have. Right. And sometimes you do need a mental debrief from all that social media has to offer because there are good things that it has to offer, but there are other things that it has to offer, which is just comes with like anxiety and like shame, all that stuff. And sometimes you just, you need a mental break. I take Absolutely. them all the time. I used to do every Lent season, I used to do 40 days off of social media. And let me tell you, that was hard. That was very hard. <laughs> it's but hard like for you, me. <laughs> right? <laughs> but you come out on the other end like a different person. Like, how have oh. you felt amazing? Absolutely amazing. It's like, okay, you know, I, I like this because I, I figure out some things that I like to do. I take care of myself more. I I eliminate the news. I eliminate bad anxiety stuff. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, throw it out. I am coming back eventually. You guys know that. I am coming back eventually. But for right now, you got us on here. So enjoy today's episode. And you have more time for God, too. I can't tell you. Absolutely. The amount of hours I spend mindlessly scrolling on TikTok, (laughs) I cannot even begin to tell you. All right, you guys. So this week we are talking on the fear of the Lord. And this is such a good topic. We were just like discussing this. We didn't plan this. It's just the way it happened. But with Easter being this week, well, Easter, by the time you are listening, has already passed. So I hope you guys all had a great Easter, by the way. Wonderful. But Mm. talking about the fear of the Lord and what it is, is so good like with the events that take place leading up to Easter and like just these three days before, you know, we really are spending time with God and we are really like recalling Jesus's life here on earth. We should be doing this normally, you know, throughout Mm -hmm. the year, but I feel like it's really, really focused around the Lent season and these three days. But anyway. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So... I want to talk about like two types of fear. Like I I think it's really important to kind of like understand what fear means, right? 
So I read the ESV Bible. Sometimes I read the NIV. I switch between translations. But like in the ESV Bible, the word fear is seen 353 times throughout the the Bible. And mm-hmm. it's in 340 different verses. And it outlines like different types of fear. It outlines fear of the Lord, but it also kind of shows us fear of the unbeliever. And I kind of want to like dive in today and discuss the two things. So before we get into that, we should take the word fear and translate it back to its Hebrew roots. And it translates to awe, like a reverence for the Lord, a respect and like a worship, you know? So yes, there is a fear like a a trembling, I'm afraid fear. But then when it comes to fear of the Lord, it's not like I am, when it comes to fear of the Lord, it's not like I am so afraid of him that I can barely like live my life. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It makes absolutely perfect sense. Yes. Yes. All right. So I guess we can dive into like the fear of the unbeliever and the lukewarm, and then we can get into it. So I was listening to, well, I wasn't listening because this theologian was years ago before they had any recording (laughs) devices. So I wasn't listening, but I was researching Um, this theologian, Martin Luther, which I know a lot of us are very um, familiar with. And he was um, talking about fear and he was talking, I want to say it's pronounced servile, servile. I don't know. You get the point. They'll they'll get the point. Right. So it's a type (laughs) of fear that is selfishly based. So it's a fear that, you know, I know that if I do something wrong, I will be punished by God and I fear that punishment. So I'm just going to repent to stay on the safe side type thing. Yeah. And that type of fear is, well, honestly, selfish, like we said, but it's also a fear of like... The lukewarm Christian has this mindset, you know, so when we do things, when we sin, um, you should be at a place in your relationship with God that you are afraid to sin because of how it's going to affect him. You know, Mm -hmm. our actions and our sin, like our sinful actions on earth upsets him. It really does because, you know, sin obviously is not from God. God, you know, man fell and that's how we have sin. You know, the whole story of Adam and Eve. And that hurt God. So our relationship with him should be, we should be so in love with God. We should be so um, like respectful of him that, you know, before you do something, think of, is this the right thing to do? If I do this, is it going to hurt God? How is God going to feel? And then being afraid to sin because of how it's going to affect him, not because of how it's going to affect you. Does that make sense? It makes absolutely perfect sense to me. But also, you know, when you think about it also, you know, that's why Jesus came here also was to give us mercy and grace. Now, because of mercy and grace, that does not mean that we can just go out willy nilly and sin 24 seven a day, like 24 seven, pretty much. That's not why he died for us so that we can just go sin and sin and sin and continue and, and then say, oh, I forgive. Oh, I ask for forgiveness and then go back and do it again. Oh, I ask for forgiveness. Go back and do it again. Now, in reality standpoint, we are all human. We all stumble. We crumble. We face something in our lives. So, I mean, we all stumble here and there. But what we're basically trying to say is, you know, sometimes um, our mindsets and our um 
ways of thinking sometimes. It means, oh, God gave us grace and mercy, so that means I can just go sin and do all this and that. And in the reality, it's like, no, don't do that. But again, we don't judge you. You know, we're here to show some love. We're not here to judge you. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yes, yes. So when we look at, there's a couple things that I kind of want to um, point our attention to. So we see in Romans chapter one, verse starting at verse 18, you know, so this, we're talking about God's wrath on the un- on unrighteousness, right? Mm-hmm. So Paul explains this problem and the verse is, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of those who by their wickedness suppress the truth. So what, what is this saying here? God is angry at sin. And we should expect him to be. Mm. And so I think with, with reading this, though, people assume that God is just like angry all the time at sinners because they sin. And, you know, even when they know better, they sin. Like you and me, we do it all the time. You know, we do something and, and we have that little subconscious in the back of our head saying, you know, you probably shouldn't do that. That's not very a very good idea. And you do it anyway. And you're like, God, well, God knows my heart, you know? Yes. Um. So this would mean that, um, as, as Paul would later explain in Romans, um, this would mean that God is angry at absolutely everybody, right? If we're going with this, this thought process. But I think we, we need to look at instead that the gospel reveals a God who loves people even when they are his enemies. You know, how many mm-hmm. times have you heard that, that saying, um, uh, love your friends, keep your enemies closer. I butchered that so bad. <laughs> you know that keep saying, though? Friend, keep your friends close <laughs> and keep your enemies closer. Yes, thank you. I don't know. That's, anyway, moving on from that. <laughs> <laughs> that is so classic. I feel like the listeners just expect it at this point. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Felicity messing it up again. <laughs> she butchers it all. This is why I have no, notes, guys. <laughs> no, they love you. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, so, um, what was I saying? So he loves people when they are his enemies, right? A God who sets the ungodly right, and a God who rescues people from you know addictions and temptations, all that. He wants mm. us to escape the punishment, and through the Bible, he gives us the tools to escape this punishment and I think when we often when we think of you know fear of the Lord no not many people think of it like you know it's an awe of God which that's it is fear of the Lord is an awe for God but when we're talking about fear of God that's a little different and that's like the distinction that I'm trying to make here so I'm hopefully I'm making it like a clear distinction you are confuse you guys with that (laughs) um but yeah so the best way I can ex- like explain this whole theo- theologian, theological approach that I'm going with, it's like a prison warden who is so angry at the prisoners that he sends his son into the prison to tell them how to escape. And he gives them the, the key to his own home so they will have a place to live. Now, this isn't what you would normally think of when you think of the wrath of God, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just think like that's how merciful God is he no matter what you do what sin you commit 
he still is willing to help you and he wants to see you escape this punishment he does not want you to endure that the wrath the wrath of him because let's face it the wrath of god is actually it is kind of scary you know to go before god we each each and every single one of us is going to have to go before god and give an account of our lives and can you imagine if you lived a horrendous life and just were an awful person and murdered people and did this and did that and did this and didn't have any care in the world for you know the possibility of there being a god or you did know that there was a god but you just didn't care can you imagine Mm -hmm. standing before god and the terror that you would feel when that happens absolutely that absolutely and you know god is not one that is like i'm forcing you to love me you know he loves you but it's a huge choice. It's free will and free choice. That means it's your choice if you would like to have a relationship with God. It is your choice to um, grow to be a better person with God, to, to know who you are and whose you are through Christ, to know your calling through Christ, to know how far you can get from this world in Christ, you know, because there's so many things God has in store for you, but it's a free choice. It is, it's it's your choice. And, you know, many people will sit here and go, well, God forces us to be in a relationship with him or we'll go to hell. So I guess we have to be in a relationship. No, you don't have to be in a relationship it's a your choice that if you would like to have the relationship with Jesus does that make sense yes and that actually really does point back to that servile fear that I was talking to you know I'm gonna do this because I'm afraid of this outcome or because I don't want to go through this you know it's a very selfish selfish it's like I don't want a relationship with you because of who you are I want a Mm -hmm. relationship with you for what you can do for me And we see all throughout the Bible that honestly, that's not the way it works. And God does know our hearts. Like, yes, he does know, but he knows that you don't really love him, that you are using him. And it's in a very abusive, toxic, manipulative situation. And we will still have to give an account for that. Yeah. Sadly, it is. It it really is because a a lot of people and, and don't take this the wrong way, guys. I am not judging you in any way. This is just what I'm seeing. You know, a lot of times, you know, sometimes we go to God for something that we want, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then we stop praying. You know, we go about our day-to-day lives and we're like, okay, God, I'm, I've been waiting, but you're not doing your part in the relationship. You know, we we, we have, it's, it's, a, it's a two- <clears throat> cord strand relationship with Jesus. You know, you, you want to be with him. You love him. You love being alone. You love basking in the moment with him. You love to know who you are and whose you are. You, you love to know about yourself. You love to heal. You love to let go and forgive people who have done so many things in your life that it's been so hard for you to let go and forgive, but you, you, go to God and you're like, God, I just, I let go and let you be God. And I forgive these people and name the things that they've done to you in the past, but don't wallow in it. Let it 
go. You know, that's a relationship with Jesus. But if you're the ones that are like, okay, God, I want you to give me a car. I want you to give me a home. I want you to give me money. I want you to give me this. And then you go back to God and get mad at him and go, how dare you? You are the God who can do anything. You haven't given me anything. But God is looking at you like, what did you give me? You did not come to me. You did not claim it in Jesus' name. You did not read the scripture in the name of Jesus. You did not believe and receive in the faith. You wanted it in the sight. And we tend to miss that sometimes. And it's not a judgmental thing, but it's it's kind of a wake-up call for us because sometimes in the reality we live in, you know, think of the world we're living in right now. A lot of times we're like, Okay, uh, (laughs) Lord, I need this, 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 and this. But in the reality, you're not healed from traumas. You're not one with God. You're using him as as a baiting pawn, like like a genie in a magic lamp from Aladdin. You know, Jafar with genie, you know, "I, I need you to give me this, and I need you to give me this, and I need you to give me that. And in reality, God's like... If only you knew, if only you knew what I could do for you, but you are thinking Mm -hmm. way too small and you're thinking outside of the box because you just don't trust me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I felt conviction (laughs) for that. Like (laughs) I'm just listening to you and I get lost. I'm like, oh my gosh. Praise the Lord. It's crazy because I literally prayed right before you called me and I was like, Lord, like, you know, whatever you need to say to your people, say it through us. And if they need to hear mm. anything, let them hear it. And God was like, okay, Felicity, you need to hear this. <laughs> so here you go. Amen. Amen. Um, no, it's so true. And it's funny because before you even mentioned the genie, I was like, oh, using God as a genie. Yes. Yeah, so many, like so many of us do it. And like sometimes yeah. we don't realize we're doing it, but some of us oh, do for sure. realize we're doing it. And I just, we need to be also be careful what we ask for from God. Yes. Because we've seen it. Like, if we're going back to, like, the the metaphor of a genie, um, you have to be careful what you wish for because if you wished for, you know, the genie to be freed from the, the lamp, then you're stuck in the lamp and now you're the slave to it. You know what I'm saying? So, and when you yeah. ask God for, you know, strength, he's going to put you in situations to make you stronger. He's not going to just gift you with strength. He's going to make you work for it. If you ask for wisdom, he's going to put you in a, wi- a position to be wise. If you ask for, for, um, comfort you're gonna have to go through the uncomfortable in order to know what the comfort feels like do you see what I'm saying like in order to to get what you asked God for you're gonna have to go through something in order to get it he's not just gonna gift it to you and be like all right you want a strength here you go I'm just gonna sprinkle some strength over you no he's gonna put you through that storm on that ship if you ask for faith you best believe you're on that ship in the middle of a storm with Jesus by your Mm -hmm. side and he is gonna ask you do you have faith in me that I can control this storm in these waters or are you too afraid by what you see and not what is in the spiritual mic drop boom (laughs) wow yes this just went a whole new other level of fear of the lord it it, this happens every time every Every single time every time (laughs) no honestly but um okay so going back um to like the whole Fear of the Lord, right? 
I want to point our attention to a couple verses that explains mm-hmm. what the fear of the Lord is. The first verse I want to point our attention to is Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So mm. how do we get attain wisdom? Well, the fear of the Lord is beginning it. It's a relationship. How can you be wise if you don't have a relationship with God? Let's go back to the word fear of the Lord. You know, it's in Hebrew, it's pronounced yura, which, like I said, means respect, reverence, and worship. Um, the fear, you know, for a believer is awe. It's um, an awe for God, a respect, a love, and being afraid to offend him, like we mentioned earlier. Um, like we mentioned earlier also, it's the love that I want to reiterate this because it's so important that if you sin um, or hurt him, it it should hurt you. It should affect you. I can't tell you how many times where I have done something and it honestly felt like a gut-wrenching like pain. And it I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, is this what true love is? Is this what it, like, you know, you hear those people that are like, it hurts me to hurt them. And I'm like, okay, say what now? What do you mean it hurts you? Like, like, like your arm starts hurting or like your foot's going numb. Like, what is it? And it's like, no, your heart hurts. I'm like, okay, girl, my heart doesn't hurt. Okay. Like maybe you should go to a doctor and get that checked out. And they're like, no, like it feels like a broken heart. Yes. Like it literally hurts when you hurt the person that you love beyond everything it should hurt you because of your love for them and you want to just you want to do everything that you can to make them happy what can I do for you I don't care what you can do for me but what can I do for you you know if Mm. we're talking about God how can I help grow the kingdom Lord like what can I do what can I do for other people to see your glory because when you are a believer and I, I know, even if you're not a believer, but when you are a believer, your life completely changes. And yes. I know when I gave my life over to Christ, it's like my world was f- con- like flipped, like took a 180. And I've said it before, but I'm not the same person as I was when I didn't live my life for Christ. And I want every single human being on this planet to experience that. And Mm -hmm. it's so scary to think about, like I've had friends and people that I really loved and cared about, um, choose a path for their life that just wasn't a good one. And I know, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are afraid of death because of what's on the other side. They don't, you know, it's the fear of the unknown. They don't know what is out there. But for a believer, we do know what's out there. We know what comes after Mm -hmm. this life. And for me, death is not a scary thing because I know and I have that faith in in Christ. And I, you know, I I would like to think that I'm going to inherit the new kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) But it's um, going back to what I was saying. I've had friends that, you know, they just do all these things and I guess I can give some examples of like um witchcraft (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know partying drinking um idolatry sexual immorality all of it like literally the whole nine yards and I just remember sitting in my car on my way to work one day and it was like lord what can I do I feel Mm -hmm. useless like what can I do so that she can experience the freedom that I feel and have experienced mm-hmm. with you. And 
there did come a time where, you know, I did everything I could do and I felt God was just like, Felicity, your battle, the battle is over. Like you've done everything you can do. It's time for me to, you know, take control and it's time for me to get through to her. Cause he was trying to get through, um, to her with me at first, you know how, you know, God used me, let me, you mm-hmm. know, get through to them. And the moment that God, like, I felt like God was telling me like to step down, like stand down the like guilt I felt mm-hmm. because I couldn't help her, but I did everything I could do to help her. It was her own personal choice because we have free will. And so the point that I'm trying to get with this is like, I like cared for this person so much and I wanted them to, to inherit the kingdom of God. And I wanted them to live their life freely. Like I live mine and that's how God feels with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, going back to, and this is the perfect moment for Easter, you know, when the heart aches, you have this heart ache, you know, we go back to the story when Jesus sacrificed his own life to give us a life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he could have said in the garden of Gethsemane, I am not doing this, God. I, I am not doing this. He must have been scared. Guys, I'm telling you for real. You know, in the Bible, they paint it as Jesus was this perfect individual. Yes, but he was in the human world. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get scared of these kind of stuff. We're like, okay, God, I don't really want to die. You know, I don't want to lose my life. I don't want to feel that pain. I don't want to feel that wrath. I did nothing wrong. But I know I have to do this for the, the bride that I love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was persecuted and whipped and the, you know, put a crown of thorns on his head and beaten and mocked and persecuted. And like the list goes on to the point that while I'm talking about this, my heart aches because here is the the man that I love because Jesus is my whole life. It's not about me anymore. It's about Jesus you know, my, I, I'm I'm nothing without Jesus. I don't live without Jesus. I don't go on without Jesus. I, I'm nothing. And there he is doing all of this for me to the point that it breaks my heart so much. It's like, why would you do that for us? That's where mercy and grace comes in. And you know what? The story is a gorgeous ending because after three days, Jesus went to hell and took the keys away from Satan. The keys away from Satan, guys, and said it is finished. It is Mm. finished. He was in hell the moment he took his final breath on the cross. When he looked at God and said, why have you forsaken me? God was right there the entire time of the entire tribulation and trials and beaten of Jesus. He saw the whole thing. He was with them the entire time. Guys, you think God is abandoning you? He hasn't. He's watching you suffer. He's watching you through these trials and moments of your life. But he needs you to trust him that in the midst of the moments that you're living in, no matter what moment you're living in, it's going to be better. It's going to be a happily ever after. Not a fairy tale happily ever after, but in a God's way of you are going to live an abundance of life because you leaned on me. You trusted me. You went through the wilderness. You went through the trials. You went through the tribulations and you never once gave up on me and you never let me go. 
Mm. And that's where he can look at you and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because you looked at him and said, what can I do to make you proud? What can I do to make you smile? What can I do that's going to make you happy and me sort of happy at the same time, but mostly give you the glory and me nothing? Like no glory because you you shouldn't be doing things to get the glory. You really Mm. shouldn't be doing things to get the glory in things. That's not what we are here to do. We are here to shower love and grace and mercy and so many things to people that, that, that just need love because of the traumas and trials they faced. They need to look up to you to see the fire of God in your eyes, in the work of your hands, in your smile, in, in your personality, in your posture, in your heart posture. And then they'll see God because you're just standing there going, how can I, how can I help you today? Pick up a bag of groceries, but don't tell anyone that you did that. You see something, just do it. If God is tugging on your heart strain, just do it. Don't even disregard it, just do it. And when we talk about the fear of the Lord, soldiers were mocking Jesus up on the cross. And they said to him, if you are the son of God, show us that you are. We all know what happened. The son was gone. And the earth began to shake. And the fear of the Lord was in the soldiers. The soldier took off his helmet and said, truly, this man is the son of God because he felt the fear of the Lord enter his spirit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people need to see that. It's not a bad thing. It's a wake up call. Mm -hmm. It's a wake up. Good morning. Let me be your blessing. Yes. And it's not only was it, um, it was the, he was right before God. He saw God's perfect holiness. Yes. His justness, his glory, his majesty, all yes. of it. He saw purity. He did. He saw all we, of it. You all don't, of it. We don't see purity here on earth. There is not no. a single person that is 100% pure like God is. And this actually really mm. brings me back to the Israelites um, on Mount Sinai. And, mm. you know, when there was the thunder and the lightning and they were like trembling in fear we see this in exodus and um they were trembling in fear because of his great power you know like his divine mercy and they begged moses to deliver god's message to them so they wouldn't have to encounter god themselves come on now this it just imagine stop now don't keep going imagine standing before god this is like, it goes back to like, we have to take an account for our life and what we've done. Imagine standing before God and being like, I am nothing compared to you. You are so yes. powerful. You are the, I mean, he is the most powerful being in all yes. of everything that there is. I mean, he created everything he, you know, is, was, and always has been. And being mm. in front of him, yeah, it is going to produce like a, a trembling feeling like an oh my gosh I am not worthy to be in your presence same thing when yes. um oh in revelation when the 24 elders you know f- were before God and they fell on their faces as well and they just worshiped him and this just like this just shows 
A, how pure he is. You know, mm. when we're always told that if we see Jesus's face, we're going to fall on ours because we just feel sinful and we feel dirty and we are just not worthy of being in his presence. And I think that's what, you know, the Israelites felt felt like on Mount Sinai, because let's just say the Israelites, they went through a lot, but they also put a lot of yeah. that on themselves. And they probably felt a little guilty and like, Lord, I am not worthy of being in your presence because of what I've done. And I didn't listen to you. Right. You have mm. my well-being and you you knew what I needed to do, but I decided to lean on my own understanding and take a different route. And how many of us have done the same thing? We we essentially we've done the same thing in our own lives on a different degree, obviously, but we how many times have we has God called us to take a step and we're like, "You know what? But I think I know better because that's that's a little too scary to do. I don't think I'm ready to do that." So, I'm just going to chill back here and uh do this in the in the comfort and God's like I'm asking you to take a leap of faith that I have you. Mm. you Ooh, yes, I love that. Ooh, yes, yes. And, you know, going back to Moses, you know, that's a really good point right there. Going back to Moses with the fear of the Lord, you know, the Ten Commandments. If anyone has seen that movie, bravo. I'm actually watching it tonight. Such a good story. But anyway, that's a different story to tell. But anyway... When they got to the promised land, okay, after Ramesses let his people go and they went through this, the, the trials and the tribulations, you know, um, they entered the promised land, but what happened? They worshiped a golden calf, okay? They were lustful. They did adultery. They did, oh my goodness, any type of like dark realm spiritual everything, like sacrifices and all those things. But the thing was, when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments, they were fearing God. Because who was in Moses? The Holy Spirit, okay? God was in Moses. So they saw the fire of God in Moses. So they feared the Lord when Moses came back with the Ten Commandments. And he was like appalled because here they were in the promised land. And then what happened? They like disregarded what God did for them. They took them out of slavery and bondage and all these things, but they, they made a mockery of it. They forgot who God was. And sometimes in the reality of life, when we get the things that we've been waiting for, we shun God. We literally look at him and go, okay, I got what I wanted. You are nothing to me anymore. Go away. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not a relationship. And most importantly, not only did you break his heart, you used him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where the relationship comes in, guys. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, I'm never going to um, let go of Jesus. Even when I get my prince, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to be okay. I, like, I'm going to love Jesus. But then you get him and you're like, God, who? Who's that? Well, how did you get your story? <laughs> I just looked at him and smiled. That's all I did. I just gave him one look and he knew I was the one. And here I am today living my best life. And God's like, really? You, you used me? Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but you have to look at it in a relationship way. Don't use God because of what you want to get you out of the moments in your life. Mm-hmm want him because you want because you need him you want him you're complete with him you're whole with him 
You know, that that's why you would love to be with Jesus. Don't just be with him to get out of the certain situations you're in and then shun him out. Like they did to him on the cross. You know, they mocked him and persecuted him saying, huh, he's nothing. He's, he's healing people. He's doing, he is not the son of God. And he's claiming he's the king of the Jews. He's just him. He's just this guy. But look what happened after the cross. They all knew he was the son of God. He wasn't lying. He told them right then and there, he is the son of God. And the fear mm -hmm. of the Lord was upon all of them. Yes, and I think oftentimes we don't view God as some as, as a being with as a emotions. Being. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. As a being with emotions. You just look at him as oh, I just I just pray, you know, I'm Right. Know. And it's I think it's because, you know, we can't see him like face to face, like we see each other. So it's like yes. we can't so if I hurt you, I could see how it affected you based Absolutely. on how you react to it. But we don't see a guy's reaction. You know, we can't see how it's affecting him, but I think we really need to take a step back and realize, no, God does have emotions just like you and I do. Yes. And he can feel hurt and he can feel anger mm. and he can feel joyful. I mean, he's God. He can feel anything he wants to feel. But, um, as, but also when it comes you can too. Because yes. of the pain, the pain. Like, say you said something wrong and you feel painful. It's like, ooh, I did that. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Like, that's a relationship, guys. Mm -hmm. It's not about the it's not about the sight. It's about your faith. Where's your faith with Jesus? You get this icky, ucky feeling inside that, to the point you want to throw up. You're like, what is this? You go to God and go, Jesus, reveal to me what I just did. And if I did anything to you, I go before you in the name of Jesus to the foot of the cross and ask for forgiveness and ask you to forgive me. And I thank you that you've already forgiven me before I even ask for forgiveness. That's how much Jesus loves you, y'all. He forgave you before you even opened up your mouth. He forgave you before you even set foot on the cross because of mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just so shows so much to his character, too, because, mm. I mean, Jesus had dinner with Judas the night before he knew Judas was going to betray him for 30 silvers. Girl, he and knew. He, he knew. knew. He knew. Before he even did it, he knew, guys. And how many of us are doing that? What, who, what mm. are we betraying God for? You know, I... What At what level, at what cost are we betraying God for? But before mm. we betray God, we say, I would never do that. I would never mm -hmm. do this. I love him so much. You know, I have just such an amazing relationship. Did Do you think Judas thought he was going to betray Jesus? Jesus told him to his yeah. face and he said, no, I'm not, Lord, I'm not going to, I'm not going to betray you. There's no way. And Jesus said, yes, you will. Yeah. And that moment that he betrayed God, he knew what he had done and that's, you know, he had to go, he was tormented by demons and then he went and he killed himself because yeah. of the guilt and the pain that he was feeling. And he was like, Jesus was right. I did betray him and I didn't think yes. I would. You know, when, you, when you're at a certain part of your relationship with God, you know, you're so on fire. You have such an amazing relationship. You're like, I will never do anything. I will never let you go. I will never do anything to hurt you. 
And then a couple days pass or a couple months pass or it gets hard or you're still waiting on that promise that God has, you know, spoken over your life and Mm. you start to, you know, lose um, faith and you start to doubt and then your relationship gets a little rocky and yeah, then you know what happens. I mean, and I I think I I, I do really want to bring to um, everyone's attention just because I got sucked in the trap and I really, really, really want to um, speak on this. But I think there's such like a toxicity um, all over social media. And I want everybody, I'm, I'm saying this out of like love for you guys. And I want you guys to be very, very careful when you see videos and saying, you know, this is a prophetic warning. This is what God is telling me to tell you. This is a message for you from God. I guys like please please take it to God and have him reveal it to you if it is um you know if it's from him if it's not because I don't want you guys to feel that level of um distrust in God where Mm -hmm. you start to get angry because this supposedly was a, a, a word from God it was a gift spoken over your life when in reality it wasn't I don't want you guys to get angry at God for that not coming into fruition when it was never part of God's plan and God never promised it to you, but the enemy mm. did. And I mm-hmm. and the enemy does this because he um, wants to defeat God. I mean, we saw this in the garden. Um, you know, he was tempting Jesus. Jesus was literally sweating blood. And he was like, well, I can give you everything, everything. Like Jesus already had everything, but he was like, you don't have to die. You don't have to do this. And if... Satan did it to Jesus, to literally the son of God. What makes us think he's not going to do it to us? So I just really want you guys Mm. to be careful um, with the things that you're listening to. And I want, you know, make sure that there's scripture to back it up and make sure that you um, test it against scripture, but also bring it to God because I don't want you guys to take it out on God for something that he Mm. never spoke over you. Also, it's about testing the fruits as well. You know, the fruits Mm -hmm. of the spirit. It's all about testing the fruits. If you're the fruits of the spirit does not align with what you're seeing, turn it off. It could be a fear mongering video and you may not know it. Okay, give it, get whatever you're seeing to the foot of the cross. Because God is not a God of fear, God is a God of peace. Mm -hmm. Okay, God is the God of peace, not confusion, not fear, not doubt, not what ifs. He's a God of peace and sound mind. He is a covenant-keeping God. Yes. And there, it tells us in scripture that there will be wolves in sheep's clothing. Um, mm. So it's just something just to pay attention to and make sure you know your guard is always up because there are going to be false prophets and there are going to be people, wolves in sheep's clothing to come and yeah. um, derail you. But before, because I know we are approaching the end, the couple of Bible verses I wanted to leave you guys with before we got on, like, you know, talking about all the things we talked about, <laughs> going back to the uh, the fear of the Lord, um, we see it directly in the Bible, what it means, like, how can we um, uh, put this in our life? You know, how can we, you know, get the fear of the Lord if you don't have it? How can we apply this to our lives? And I want to point us to Proverbs 8, 13. It says the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech. I hate. Um, So how can we start to implement this into our life? Hate what God hates. Um, Hate evil and sin and, and pride and arrogance and the way of evil altogether. Um, Mm. 
We also see in Isaiah 11, 2, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So to gain this, obviously take it to God. Ask you know him, mm-hmm. how can I um, get the beginning of wisdom? You know, fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. How can I, how can I get this? How can I attain this? And um, he will show you. He'll also point you to the Bible. But just know mm. that the Bible, like, I mean, I'm showing you right here. Proverbs 8 gave us the answer that the fear of the Lord is the hatred of um, evil and basically anything that God hates. And then we also see in Psalms 33, 8, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all its inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. So it's in mm. awe of God. It's to hate what God hates. It's the the fear to hurt God, to live you. It's it's basically you know how can I live my life that aligns with the way Jesus lived His life. That really brings it right back. Like, yeah, living your life the way Jesus lived His. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that just finished our mark for the day. It sure did. It sure did. That flew by. It did. That was a lot of really good points. I was Lord took over. Yes, he did. Once again, amen. And, you know, we love when the Lord takes over because it's, it's, this is not our doing. Okay. We do this to build God's kingdom stronger and to let people know who God really is and who's you belong to. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to have Miss Felicity close in prayer. Sure are. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that um, anyone who is listening, I pray that you spoke to them and they were able to get the answers that they needed on certain situations, Lord. I pray that you show them what it means to live their lives for you and um, to hate what you hate. And I pray that um, they have such a good relationship with you and that they love you so much that um, they're afraid to sin and they're afraid to hurt you, Lord. I pray that you um, deliver us from any temptation, any sin, anxiety, depression, anything that does not come from you, anything that comes from the enemy, Lord, I pray that every person listening, um, you give them the tools to defeat the enemy and the lies that he has spoken over their lives. Um, Lord, I pray that you direct us, each and every single one of us, in um, our life and you direct our our feet to walk in the life that you have called us to walk and live our life the way that would make you proud and... um, when we have to give an account for our life that you say, well done, good and faithful one. Um, Thank you, Lord, for everything you do and for never giving up on us, no matter what we do or how badly we have hurt you. In Jesus' heavenly and holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, it's Monday morning where you are. We hope you had a beautiful Resurrection Sunday, and we hope you feel refreshed because God's already getting... um, you equipped and ready for new things and victory is yours. So just bask and rejoice in the Lord that victory is yours and you are free. Yes, ma'am. I love that. (laughs) So good. Enjoy your day, guys, and we will see you next week. Take care. 
Hey, y'all. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of When the Slipper Fits, but we have a little treat for you guys. Oh, my gosh. Are we sharing our bloopers with them? I think we are. Enjoy. Enjoy. That is not my nail. Think, ew. What is that? That is not. Get that off of my. That is not mine. Get, take it. We're gross. editing this out. Yeah, we are. Um, can you just shut the door and lock it? I'm filming. Love you. Is that Maddie? No. My six-year-old sister comes and she he goes, "Is this your nail?" And I'm like, "What?" And then she. takes like at the very end of the episode yes a little outtake (laughs) oh yes please please can we do that (laughs) anyway as we were saying okay um, stop every time i look up you're like dying over here and i'm like breathe Did you enjoy today's episode? You're in luck because we have social media. You can find me, Felicity, on Instagram at FelicityBrookM and on TikTok at FelicityBrookM. And you can find me, Caitlin, on Instagram, CaitlinLesso28, or on TikTok, When the Slipper Fits. Until next time, my loves. I hope you have a blessed day and we'll see you next week for an all new episode.